Daniel. Well, my name is Ron Cole, and I'm one of the pastors here, and I'd like to welcome all of you as well. It's good for us to gather together. And I want to begin this morning with, uh, with just with this statement that uh, I think it's just true that whether we like to admit it or not, whether we want to admit it or not, in almost every group, it can be a, a group at school, it can be a group of your family members, it can be a group at, at, at work, it can be a group at church. In almost every group, anytime we have a group of people who belong, there are those who belong and those who belong, right? You, you know what that's like. You, you're part of the group, but you're not really part of the group. You don't really feel like you're on an inside track. You don't feel like you're accepted by everybody. Let me try to give you an, an illustration of this, and, and let's just imagine, uh, let's imagine we're all in middle school together, okay? We're all middle schoolers, and let's imagine that we tried out and we made the basketball team or the volleyball team or some, some team, and we're really excited because now we belong, right? We go to the first practice, and the coach gives us this wonderful, uh, inspiring speech about how we're all part of the team, and every part is important, and we need to have team chemistry, and we belong, and it's so exciting because we feel like this is just great. We're, we're part of the team. We belong. We're in this group. We, we, we belong to this group. We've been accepted into it. But then after the second or the third practice, we hear some guys when they're uh, getting dressed, we hear them talking about going to McDonald's. We think, hey, that sounds pretty good. So we, we just ask, can I go to McDonald's with you? Are you guys doing anything afterward? And, and it's sort of a, oh, yeah, no, we talked about it, but we decided not to. We decided not to. And you realize they really did. And so we kind of didn't see it, but we kind of got this jolt. And, and, and we realized there was a wall there. <laughs> we didn't quite understand it. And, 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 and then later on in the week, uh, we hear a group of uh, the players talking about getting together on, on, on Friday night and having a sleepover, and, and, and they didn't invite us. And we realized that maybe there's another barrier there. And so we, we had tried to find another way in, and that didn't quite work either. And, and, and we're there. And, and, and we struggle with that, and, and we find out later on that everybody had gotten together, and then uh, everybody is having lunch together, and, and we sit down, and the conversation stops. And, and it's like, yeah, you can sit here with us, but we can't talk about what we were talking about. And, and, and we realize that, again, we've gotten bounced, and we're out there. That's what I mean when I say sometimes there are those who belong, but there are those who belong. You've maybe experienced that in, in a family, right? Maybe you got married into a family. You say, good, I'm now part of this. I'm, I'm an in-law, but I'm really, I belong. I'm, I'm with this group. But then your mother-in-law invites the family over. It's just her kids is what she means. And you say, ooh, I guess I don't really belong we all had those experiences, and, and unfortunately, we've had them at church. We've, we've had them in places where we say, hey, I joined this church, and it's really great, and I belong. But then, uh, unfortunately, we somehow realized that, yeah, we may belong. They're, they're, they're nice to us on Sunday morning, but, but we don't really belong. It's not our church. It doesn't feel like we're, we're accepted. It doesn't feel like we belong in this place. And it's a painful thing. It's a painful thing to go through life and all of a sudden run into those barriers. And, and I feel like... I'm a part of this family, but I'm not a part of this family. I'm a part of this team, but I'm not a part of this team. I'm a part of this church, but I'm really not a part of this church. There's a difference between belonging and belonging, right, in bold letters. And, and, and all of us have experienced that. Sometimes we've been on the inside. Let me tell you one thing about being on the inside, okay? When, when, when we're on the inside, sometimes, and this is, I think, really important for us to recognize, when we belong, we don't always see the walls that keep people out, 
When you're on the inside, you can feel like and genuinely believe this. It's not always that we're trying to exclude people. It's not always that we're trying to say you don't belong. You're not part of our group. But sometimes we're doing it in such subtle ways. Sometimes we're doing it in, in such small ways, but clear to those on the outside, that, that we, don't, we don't even feel like it's real. And so let's bring ourselves into the middle here. And, 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 and if we belong, if we're in there, you know what? To us, most often what it feels like is, is like this, that of course everybody belongs. Of course, everyone, we feel like anybody can come in, anybody can join us, anybody can be a part of us, but if we'd have a conversation with that person who's out there, they'd say, no, you don't understand. In all these little ways, you communicate that I don't belong. The way that you dress, the way that you make it clear that cool people go to these movies, that cool people are able to drive this car, that the in-moms have these minivans, whatever it is, in, in these subtle ways, we often communicate whether people are in or whether they're out. And when we're in, it feels like, well, of course anybody's welcome. That's not always the case. The, the reason I mention all of this, the reason I start with this, is this is what was going on in the church in Rome. At one level, everyone belonged, okay? Everyone was accepted. There were Gentile Christians and Jewish Christians, and they were people from different races. And this was an amazing amalgamation, amazing gathering of different types of people. And everybody belonged, but in reality, some really belonged. And the Apostle Paul writes them a letter, and one of the main things he wants to talk about is, is what's going on in the family, what's going on in the body, about the fact that, that there were some who didn't really belong, some who were not fully accepted, some who, 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 for whatever reason, were kept on the outside. Now, in their situation, there were two issues that they, they had to deal with that were causing these problems that Paul mentions in Romans 14 and, and again in chapter 15. There were two issues. They're ones that we don't necessarily have ourselves, but we have kind of similar things that I'll touch on and challenge us to think about. But the two issues that were, were dividing the, the, the church in, in Rome, the first one was eating meat versus not eating meat, okay? Now, it's interesting that can sometimes divide some of us today, right? I mean, if you have somebody who's a really committed vegetarian, vegan person, you can feel really judged if you go and, and like, order a burger, right? And so, you know, I mean, but it wasn't health reasons. For them, what it was was a matter of, well, here, let me explain the situation. In Rome, as in almost any of the large cities there, and even the small ones, one of the interesting things was that the, the, the worship, the Roman worship places for the Roman gods, they were not only temples... They were also the butcher shop. <laughs> they were the place where if you wanted meat, you went to buy it. You see, let's say I have 10 cows, and it's butcher time. I'm gonna, I, I, I bring one. I say, hey, priest, you guys can keep one. Offer all of them, but give me back the meat on those and sell them, or you give me the money and you sell them. And, and, and so it kind of became a double dip thing, right? You got to, hey, I, I get the credit for, for offering all this, but I still get the money, and the priests get a lot of money because they're the butchers and so on. And so you could not eat meat basically, in that culture that hadn't been offered to idols, that hadn't come from the temples. And there were some, there were some in the church who said, look, I've been in that place, and I know what it's like, and I left that life behind me, and I don't want to go back there. I don't want to go back there. I can't handle it. And there were some who, who, who said, you know, the, the pagan temple has always been that way, never wanted to go in there, and, and, and I can't do that. I won't do that. There were others who said, who cares? Everything is holy to the Lord. I mean, prime rib is prime rib, and, and I don't care. Let's wash it in the blood of Jesus and have a good lunch, right? I mean, it's, it's and, and, and so there were some who said yes, some who said no. 
eating meat was one of the places where they were, and, and again, it, it, where they started, they were judging each other and, 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 and dividing into those who belonged and, and who didn't belong. The other one was, was special days, maybe primarily Sabbath day, Sunday, the, the day of rest. And so, and, and a lot of this was Jewish, Christian, Gentile Christians, but not exactly. But again, the, the Jewish Christians primarily were saying, look, God's commandments are clear. One of the top ten is honor the Sabbath day. And so there are some things we just don't do on the Sabbath. There are some things we don't do. And, we, we, and, 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 and then there was another group, again, primarily gentle Christ, Gentile Christians, who were like, every day is holy to the Lord. Are you serious? It's a gorgeous day. You're telling me you can't go swimming. It's a gorgeous day. You're telling me you can't take a boat ride. It's this beautiful. You are ignoring God's goodness in creation, and you are nuts, and you're crazy. And, 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 and so there was this special days. There were these kind of things. And, 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 and so on the one hand, you know, you kind of say, well, those, those don't necessarily grab us. Let me, I was thinking about this, and especially with the eating meat one. I thought, you know, imagine that um, somebody invited you to lunch. And, and what they said was, hey, you know what? The buffet at the Gun Lake Casino is awesome. I don't gamble. Uh, I don't gamble, and I'm sure you don't gamble either. But let's just let's just the, the the buffet is great. There's no problem with going to the buffet. I don't know if I'm going to meet you for lunch there. I'll just tell you right now. I'm going to beg you not to. Not because I oh it's so terrible to go into that place. It's not, no. I don't think it's terrible to go into that place. I don't think it's hor- but but I know it, it can cause some damage to people, and and I also worry that. Somebody who's had a gambling problem says, I can't go in there, sees Pastor Ron going in there. And, and, and what are they going to say? Not, oh, he's bad, but they're going to say, I guess it's okay. And I might lead them into sin, right? I might lead, I don't want to do that. I don't want to, and, and, and so on the one hand, you say, well, it's, it's, it's not wrong to go have lunch there. It's not. But uh, is it wise? Some of us would say, I, I'm just not going to do that. I'm just not going to mess with this. Others would say, we're free to do that. Get over it, Ron. Get over it, Ron. So that's it. Some ate meat, some didn't. Some recognized special days, some didn't. Paul calls the more open group. Boy, it's hard to find good words that aren't really politically charged these days. Um, but the more open group, we'll call them that way. Those who are uh, more into Christian freedom. Um, we won't call them liberals because, well, that's evil. Uh, Paul calls the more open group the strong, right? He, he says those are the, because he says they're so deeply aware of God's grace. And it was the strong who belonged. They were the larger group. But there was judgment going on both ways. There was kind of some questions going on both ways. The strong belonged. Now, really interesting, and Paul makes this clear. I'm glad he did. Paul has an opinion on this matter. Paul believed that the strong were right on these matters. Paul says, I can eat meat. It's nothing that it's been offered to an idol. I don't need special days. Every day is holy to the Lord. Paul is on the side of those who are, who are more open, okay? He is on that side. But look at what he does. He does two things. And, and, and the first thing he does, and, and this is, I think, huge, again, if we understand the situation, because, again, it's not for Paul that it's like, eh, it doesn't really matter. One is right. I mean, he, he has his belief. He has his, convi- his, his conviction to a degree on this. First thing he does, though, is he confronts the strong. You think he might have come along to the weak and said, you've got to understand grace, friends. 
You've got to understand grace, and you've got to overcome your legalism. You've got to overcome this problem. And yeah, but that's not what he does. He confronts the strong, and primarily who he addresses here is saying to the strong, stop it. Stop making people feel like they're not accepted. Stop making people feel like they don't belong. Romans 14, verse 10, he says, You then, and he's talking to the strong, why do you criticize your brother or sister? Why do you look down on them? It's, it's not their actions as, as on the issue itself that was wrong. The problem was their attitude. The problem was how they were looking at other Christians, how they were judging other Christians, how they were belittling other Christians, how they were making other Christians feel that they were second-class citizens. They're saying, you really don't belong. You're really not one of us. And, and, he, and, and, and even though the the weak, and he's going to, I think, has words for them as well, but the primary words are to the strong, to those who are, who are more able to, to kind of be in the majority and more able to kind of be full of grace. He says, you know what? Be gracious to those who are struggling with legalism. Be gracious with those who are struggling with this. And again, a guy like Paul, that's not easy for him to say. He took grace so passionately and so seriously. So he confronts the strong, and then he calls everyone. He calls everyone to accept one another, to accept one another. We started a couple weeks ago looking at the one another's in the New Testament, Romans 15, 7. Accept one another, he says. Accept one another then just as Christ accepted you in order to bring praise to God. You've got to accept one another. And so Paul's call is to say, you know what? This is not acceptable in the church. This is not acceptable. You have got to go out of your way. You've got to do everything in your power to say, you know what, we're going to get rid of second-class citizens. We are going to make everybody first-class. Everybody belongs. Everybody's part of the family. Everybody feels like they have a home. Everybody knows that they're part of the team. Everybody knows that. And, and, and again, I want to push that because it's not just tolerate. It's, it's not just, Paul isn't just saying, well, tolerate one another. You know, he's saying accept. And, and it's that word of of take them into your heart, take them into your home, take them into your life. Not just tolerate, but do all that you can to help everyone feel like they belong. And, and it's, you see just the, the, the way that Paul goes so far, Romans 14, 20. Look at what he says here. He says, do not destroy the work of God for the sake of food. Don't demand your right to eat whatever you want. Do not de- destroy the work of God for the sake of food. All food is clean. Here's the deal. It's, it's, it's okay, but it is wrong for a person to eat anything that causes someone else to stumble. Wow. I mean, in our day and age, where we have been so trained to demand our rights, and I need to be able to see. There we go. It's so, it's so trained to demand our rights, so trained to say, look, I, you, can't, you can't limit what I can do. Paul says, you know what? I... If somebody's going to be stumbling, if somebody's going to be struggling, if somebody's going to feel like an outsider, give me the salad. That's a sacrifice. I mean, I'm joking, but I'm not, right? I mean, give me the salad. He, he takes this so seriously that we are called to accept one another, that we are called to do all in our power to break down any of those things that can divide us. So I want to think about that for a few minutes here, all right? Accept one another. And what I want to do is I want to make three observations, and then I want to ask, how do we do this? So three observations about what the Bible teaches about accepting one another, all right? Three observations. And the first one, 
it might sound strange at first, okay? It might sound strange at first, given how radical Paul talks about acceptance. But stick with me. You'll see why I said the first one by the end of the second one. Okay, so, so trust me and don't overreact or anything. But I think we've got to recognize that there is a boundary to Christian acceptance. The, the New Testament, the Bible, does not call us to unconditional acceptance of people as if they were members of the body of Christ. Paul is talking to the church here. He's talking about an internal struggle. He's talking about an internal division. He's not talking about people who don't claim to be Christians. And so we are not called to accept people who have not made a commitment to Jesus Christ. Now, let me immediately say we are called, all right, um, we're called to accept one another, but we are called to unconditionally love people who have not made a commitment to Jesus Christ. So you say, well, hold on, what's the difference? Well, (laughs) What I want us to recognize is that the, the fact is if somebody is not a Christian, they cannot experience full belonging in, in the family of God. Sounds obvious, but it, we have to recognize that. We, it, there's always going to be something. People, I want people to feel welcome here. If you're not a Christian, I want you to feel like, man, this is a great place. These people love me. But you won't experience the fullness of belonging unless you make a commitment to Jesus Christ. I mean, that, 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 that's, that's the boundary. That's the, the, we do have something that ties us together. It's, it's not that we just kind of say, well, you know, whatever. You can, be, you're, you can belong. You can be loved. <laughs> but there's a belonging. There's an acceptance thing that's just aimed at the one another's. That, that, that unless somebody comes to Christ, we can't fully accept them. We'll come back to why that's important, all right? So there's a boundary to Christian acceptance. Second thing and, is that the only acceptable, and this is at the heart of what Paul wants us to know, the only acceptable boundary to Christian acceptance is whether someone is a disciple of Jesus Christ. Okay, that's, Paul is saying there is a boundary, but it's, it's only got to be Jesus Christ. It's not whether you eat meat or not. It's not whether you observe certain days or not. It's not whether you cut your grass on Sunday. It's not and, and whether you go out to eat on Sunday. It's not, it's not those things. It's only Jesus Christ. And that is a challenge for us because from the very beginning, I mean, it was happening obviously in Paul's day and it's still happening in our day. There are other things that we allow to sometimes divide us. There are other things that we say, well, unless you agree with me on this or unless you're like me in this, we allow them to be a dividing point. And I want to just touch on a few, and I'm not saying these are huge for us here. In fact, a lot of these are ones that I think we are committed to fighting against. But I think we need to renew that commitment. So, for example, the only acceptable boundary is Jesus Christ, not the color of a person's skin. Now, I believe... I really do believe that every one of us here, maybe I'm wrong, but every one of us here is, just hates racism. I mean, I think that's so close to the heart of Christ. Uh, I, I think that, you know, to judge people by the color of their skin, we hate it. But on the other hand, it is so subtle. It is so subtle. And, and for those of us who are Caucasian, I think I, want, I keep challenging myself. I'm not accusing, but it's so easy for me to just when I make that first picture of somebody, when I see them for the first time, to just make little subtle judgments, to just make little subtle statements. And I catch myself. I will tell you, I think I've shared this years ago, but maybe it's time to share it again. When I was at, um, I went out to Fuller Seminary for a year. And I'm very embarrassed about this, um, but I want to just so you know. I was at Calvin College, went out to Fuller Seminary for a year. And I'd done really well at college, and, and I went to seminary, and I thought, okay, what's it going to be like? This is a master's level program. 
How am I going to do? And so I, I got my first paperback, and it was a B plus. And I'll tell you, for me, that wasn't acceptable, okay? I'm, I'm, okay, I'm a nerd, I'm a, I'm whatever, hate me, but that was not acceptable. And then there was sitting in front of me an African-American student, got a straight A. And honest, I didn't say anything, didn't react outside at all, but my honest first thought was, I really blew this. The black guy got an A. This must have been easy. And I realized what I was thinking, and I thought, oh, my goodness. It's so, I would never say, I didn't say anything. But that was honestly, I, I mean, I just assumed. I, I'm, come on. It's all affirmative action. It's all, now, Willie, guy, teaches at Duke. He's a PhD. He's brilliant. He's way smarter than me. <laughs> Turns out he actually graduated from Calvin. <laughs> Never met him here. But, but that's, friends, we got to be so aware of that, that those little subtle ways that we can so just, I mean, we don't say, and I just thought, oh, God, help me. Help me to be aware that I'm kind of assuming that because this person is this color of skin, well, this is what they're going to be like. This is what they're going to do. And we make all those assumptions. And, and again, none of us, I don't think we want to. I think we're fighting against it, but we must continue to fight and say, God, God if somebody in the body of Christ, it's whether somebody belongs to Jesus, all right? Not how much money a person makes. It's only Jesus. It's not, and this can be on either end. Sometimes people can feel like, well, I don't really belong in that group because they go to restaurants that we can't afford to go to, so I guess we can't hang out with them. On the other end, sometimes we judge people who have money and we say, well, they're just capitalist pigs who are selfish and they're just all into materialism and so on. And you know what, friends? God gives different stuff and all of us are trying to figure out how to be faithful but we got to figure out and, so, and again I, I, I believe this church is committed to it and so many of you do it so well but we got to keep working to say you know what we can't let income level it's, it's so divisive in our society we can't let that happen in the church school choice I mean again so, well, I, I, I know people who passionately love Jesus and say charter schools are for us passionately love Jesus and say public schools passionately love Jesus Christian schools passionately love Jesus homeschool and we can be tempted to say well if you really love Jesus you do it my way friends I think this is one we have to say it, it cannot divide us and we have to keep working on it and working on it and working on it and then the really challenging one not political leanings ooh really so hard because we are so passionate and we are really divided right now huh and we get so passionate and and so angry and so upset but if that person belongs to jesus christ i can't let this separate me from them if you belong to jesus you belong with us all right the only acceptable barrier the only acceptable barrier to Christian acceptance is Jesus Christ. But, there's always a but, isn't there? But what if a person's behaviors or beliefs give every indication that they're not really a disciple of Jesus Christ? Right? I mean, okay, you claim to be a Christian, but, but you're doing this. How can you... How can you do this and claim to be a Christian? The Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 5, I'm not going to go there, but read it this afternoon or something. 1 Corinthians 5, somebody was involved in a consistent, unrepentant sin, and Paul says, expel the immoral brother. So I say there's a boundary, right? There is a place where Paul said, no, you've got to treat them like an outsider, which means love them unconditionally, but tell them they don't belong. 
Because even though they're claiming it, they're not, lives are, are showing. So, so what do we do? What do we do? I, I, I was thinking about it. You know, on the one hand, I say political leanings, right? You can be a Democrat or a Republican. But what if somebody joins a white supremacist party? I'm going to really struggle with sin. We just accept that person. I, I mean, seriously? I mean, can somebody really belong to Jesus Christ and be a white supremacist? There's a line. The Apostle Paul recognizes this, and he gives us these words, which are wonderful and not wonderful at the same time. Romans 14, 1, accept one another, who's, accept the one whose faith is weak without quarreling over disputable matters. There you go. So what we don't quarrel over, what we don't worry about are disputable matters. That's great. Thanks, Paul. Okay, what matters are disputable matters? The problem is that's disputable. (laughs) Right? Not everyone agrees. Take something like infant baptism. Most of us today would say, look, if you don't believe in infant baptism, that certainly doesn't mean you're not a Christian. If you do believe in infant baptism, that certainly doesn't mean you're not a Christian. But 300 years ago, that was, a, that was not a disputable matter. It was you were in or out of the kingdom of God. Or again, belonging to a white supremacist group. That's one where we today would say, ee, ee, ee. 200 years ago, <laughs> wouldn't have necessarily known it. I mean, some of the things, I love the Reformers, but some of the things the Reformers said about, like, Jewish people, you'd, you'd kick me out of this church if I said some of those things. And you should. It's hard to know about it. So, I, I, again, that's a whole discussion, not really a sermon, because we need to discuss it together. But, but as we do this, I think we must seek to be full of grace and truth. I want us to be as gracious and wide open as possible, but I don't want us to compromise the truth, okay? It doesn't tell us where the issues are, where the lines are, but I do know that we have to be passionately struggling with both of those things. And I think we need help from each other, and I think church history, that we look and we say, okay, not that the church is always right, but what has the church said, and how do do they handle it, and what do we learn? So, again, the, the only acceptable... The only acceptable boundary to Christian acceptance is whether someone is a disciple of Jesus. That's great and that's true, but it's not always easy to figure out exactly what that means. And so we do that in prayer and in community and with grace and truth. And then the third observation, within the family, we handle disagreements and differences with love. Okay? Love is what is going to drive Paul to talk about this. He says the reason you accept that person is love. Romans 14, 15, if your brother or sister is distressed because of what you eat, you are no longer acting in love. Do not by your eating destroy someone for whom Christ died. Love is more important than my personal freedom, okay? Romans 14, 19, so then let us pursue what makes for peace and for building one another up. Within the family, we, dif- we, di- we handle these things. And, and Paul, that's why he, he challenges the strong to say, you know what? You guys, you're, you're strong enough. Out of love, Give up your freedom out of love. Do this. And for those of you who, who think, you know, that it should be this way and you, you, you have questions about them, love them and, and do what's best for them. That's the principle. It means we don't seek to win. And that's one of the reasons, I'll just be honest, that I struggle with this because I like to win. If you're wrong, I want to tell you you're wrong. I want you to know what right is. And it's me. I... And, and, and yet Paul says, you know what? 
I believe this. I, I know this. All me. But it's not about me winning. It, interesting. There's a verse that I hadn't really reflected on very much, and I still have a lot of chewing on it to do. But Romans 14, verse 22, Paul says, you know what? Don't be worried about winning. In fact, don't even just, so whatever you believe about these things, keep between yourself and God. Now, that's right. Paul said, don't talk about it. And with some things, maybe that's best. I, I, I struggle with that. But whatever you believe on, don't, don't feel, I, I think what he's not saying, don't talk about it, don't struggle together, but, but don't try to convince somebody else about that when it's a disputable matter. Don't try to, don't try to argue with them. That's hard to do. <laughs> but, but Paul, I mean, this is, whatever you believe about these things, just keep between yourself and God. I, 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 it just sounds weird to me, but I, it's scripture. And so Paul, I think, recognizes sometimes we get too concerned about winning. That we have to just say, you know what? I'm not going to argue with this about you, about, about this with you. So we don't seek to win. Instead, we seek to bless and build up others. And, and yes, at times we must speak the truth, but we do so in love. So, this boundary to Christian acceptance, the only acceptable boundary is Jesus Christ and being a, a disciple of his. And within the family, we learn to love and serve each other. So how do we do that? I'm going to close up, and this won't take long, all right? How do we do that? It's not easy. Like I said, I like to win. And frankly, sometimes, and, and again, think about it. Because sometimes I feel like, you know what? People who are certain kinds of Christians, they embarrass the rest of us. In some ways, don't you think that was happening in Rome? Don't you think those non-meat eaters, who everybody knew were non-meat eaters, they made all the Christians look like legalists. I, I, I kind of wanted to say, Paul, for the sake of the God, you've got to tell them to straighten out. Quit doing this. Quit. Yet Paul says, acceptance is such a high value. Unity is such a high value. So how do we do it? Even though sometimes it feels like... It, it, it's, it's really hard. I, I think, first of all, again, by remembering the way Jesus accepted us, and that is unconditionally. He, well, excuse me. John Stott says this. I think he's right. We're, not, we're accepted because we've, we're loved unconditionally, but we're accepted because we've accepted Christ. But so how does Christ accept us with all of our flaws, with all of our brokenness? Accept one another then, just as Christ accepted you in order to bring praise to God. And, and so part of how I accept others is, and, and friends, again, think about it. You're wrong about at least probably 40 to 60% of what you know about the... I mean, we're all wrong about a lot, okay? God still loves us. And so it's not based on me being right. And so as I think about the fact, that's where the church history of thinking about some of those reformers who said some really horrible things. Okay, God, where I'm doing that. They didn't intend to do that. They just missed it. God, help me to miss it less and less. So I've got to remember, though, that God accepts me with so much grace that I can reach out and accept others that way. Second, by remembering God is the judge, not us. Romans 14.10, Paul says, You then, why do you judge your brother or sister? Why do you treat them with contempt? For all stand before the judgment seat of God. Look, friends, I don't need to straighten you out. God will. He'll probably straighten you out by straightening me out. <laughs> okay, that servant belongs to God, not to you. Now, again, Paul says at times in love, we speak the truth in love to help each other grow. So it's, it's, it's not always easy to know where we talk. But, friends, I don't, 
you don't have to be acceptable in my eyes. I don't have to. God is going to be the judge. Paul says this in a number of places. Okay, why do you judge another Christian? Because God is the judge. So remembering God is the judge, not us. And then by remembering that it, when we love each other, it's pleasing to God. Any of you who are parents know that on those rare moments when your children get along, it's really great. Right, accept one another, back to 15.7, accept one another then, just as Christ accepted you in order to bring praise to God by remembering that this pleases God. So, it is an invitation and a challenge for us this morning. And I think, again, this church is deeply committed to it, to trying to get it right. And so I'm not, but I want to say, let's keep working at it to figure out how to accept one another, not just tolerate but how to take that person who's hard to love and say, but you're part of the family and welcome them not just in toleration, but in genuine Christian acceptance. Let's pray together. Father, we live in a culture that talks about radical inclusivity and in, in some ways they get it right. You call us to be radically inclusive and yet none of us completely do that. Help us to let, for that deep level of acceptance, only Jesus Christ be that. Help us to learn to love everybody, to love unconditionally, but Father, help us with each other to accept each other in love and grace and truth. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.